You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. In Paul's last letter of the pastoral epistles, it's a letter to his guy, Titus. Uh, And in this letter to Titus, he's bringing together much of what he's talked about in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, and he's trying to answer the question, how can we support our church family to live the lives Jesus has called us individually to? This is a significant problem for the church in Crete that uh, Paul is trying to support here. It seems like they got their start from Pentecost, and after Pentecost, when Paul heads through there on his way to Rome for imprisonment, they have to winter there, and as they're wintered, he probably supports the church there. But that was probably about five or six years before uh, he sends Titus there to head back to this church and try to help them uh, to be able to kind of find their way in this world and be able to live as the church that Jesus has called them to. When he begins the letter, he says to Titus, he says, Titus, you're my true son in the faith. What's interesting about that is is that a lot of people talk about this great, incredible relationship that Paul has with Timothy, and and that's exactly right. And they say, see, he's called his true son, and, and just he is his prized possession, in essence, is what they say, and that Paul was just mentoring Timothy, and they just had this deep relationship. Yes. But he also had that with his other followers. He uses the same terminology of my true son in the faith of Titus and of Timothy. And so what Paul shows for us is is that when we really live as the family of God, we live like a family. We don't just have one child that we love and we forget about all the rest. We we love them all and we consider them all our children. And God's going to provide that for many of us in this family of God. And it's our job to connect. Now, at the same time, inside of every family, there, there's family members you connect with better and more easily than other ones. And that also shows us within this family that there are people that, that based on our personalities and our gifts and our calling, that we need to pursue relationships with. They're going to happen really easily. And there's other people that we love them, but they're not the tightest and the closest to us in that process. And we need to realize that we don't have to be, in essence, friends with everybody in this process. And so Paul's letter to both Timothy and Titus shows us this example. Um, he, he, he tries to use his own life as a guide for how he's going to guide this church in Crete. And so he says to him, you know what, T- Titus, you're there helping this church on Crete. It's a new church. It's got a lot of problems. And here's what I want you to do. The people who are older, they're supposed to live their lives purposefully being sophron. I've mentioned this word before in the book of Romans, but it's one of the four cardinal Greek virtues. And it basically says a sophron person is a person who lives their life for the good of others. And it also knows when to hold itself back and when to ask for help from others because it doesn't have the resources to be able to accomplish good on their own. We see this with Paul at the end of 2 Timothy when he asked for Timothy's help. Paul, the great guy, he needs somebody to step in and help him where he can. He's living a self-run life. And 
this Sophron life is supposed to be lived by the older people. They're supposed to do what they can do and step out of the way and let some of the younger ones step in. That is a huge insight for today's church. If the church is going to live to its fullest, if it's going to bring honor to Jesus, if people are going to be attracted to it, the elders of the church don't need to do everything, nor do they need to set every single agenda to be what they want it to be, to sing the music they want to sing and to do everything the way they want it to be done. Their job is to use their gifts to bring God the most glory, and it's also to enable those who are younger. And for those of us who are younger listening to Titus's letter and reading it through, we need to be reminded that it is our responsibility to step up into the church, to give our gifts, to use our talents and our ideas to help God's family to be the best that it possibly can be. When we do that to... Paul says to Titus, that's when we begin to really show God's glory. That's when people really begin to see the goodness of his salvation. In the end, what he says is he says, if you really want to make a difference in the world, let your lives speak the loudest. It's, it's not about just accepting the corruption of the world and going, nothing we can do about it. Doesn't matter. That's their problem. No, care about that. God has brought us as his kingdom workers to bring goodness. That's our daily prayer. May your kingdom come and your will be done. Fix the things that are messed up. And then we hear, okay, fix the things that are messed up. So it's our job to wage war against this culture, to put it right, to make it right. No, no. Paul says to Titus, it's not your job to fix everybody else. Change always begins with me. It begins with us. Where are the places that we're messed up? And and if we pay any attention, we can honestly say the church is a broken place because it's full of broken people. Titus, here's my instruction, Paul says. Focus on seeing growth and development and transformation inside the church. It starts with those who are more mature. They're going to have to take the lead. But as they take the lead, don't stand so much in the place that you say, you have it all together, look at me all the time. We're also going to have to open up the doors for those who are younger so they can find their place, that they can begin to sacrifice and begin to provide fresh perspectives and fresh ideas and fresh energy in this process. And as we do... We can all find that we are true sons and daughters of our great God who's called us into his family, a family that Paul is going to say throughout his pastoral epistles knows their unique calling and how they can use it for the benefit of others and also is willing to be a part and in coordination with those who are different than them, submitting, leading, serving, sacrificing, being just like the triune God. Paul's pastoral epistles are a huge and great guide to living life in the family of the church. And if we ever want to understand how to live that life, we need to turn to First and Second Timothy or Titus and learn from all of them. May we learn from them today. <music>